All right, so we are live. How's everyone doing? Great. Okay, wonderful. Welcome back to the pop, my podcast, Entertainment and Culture in the 1920s. Um, today we have a special guest uh, guest with us, Deborah Ann. Say hi, Deborah. Hi. All right, Deborah is here to talk with me to talk about a very special topic. All right. This is The Jazz Singer. Now, not many of you may know this movie. Some of you might, if you are a true history buff. But this was a big, big deal back in the 1920s, honey. All right? Do you know why? Because The Jazz Singer by Al Johnson contributed to the entertainment industry by ending the era of silent films and bringing in the new era of entertainment today. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So how did he do that exactly? Sweetie, that's what we're talking about. So stay tuned, get some snacks, get a drink. I don't know, just listen up, all right? So a big way that was done, which was the Vitaphone. It allowed for synchronized dialogue and singing throughout certain points of the film. This movie wasn't the first exact talkie. There had been other movies that tried to do their best synchronized dialogue, but none had, you guessed it, the Vitaphone. Um, the Vitaphone had been used to add music and um, to the silent portions and as well as completely synchronize the dialogue with the movement of Al Jolson's mouth. Um, this was evident during one scene that Al had with his quote unquote mother, where he was just talking and talking about moving to the Bronx, buying her a dress, yada, 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 and as well as these singing scenes. Um, it was very, you could, it was almost as if it was, recorded in real time, was it not, Deborah? Was hearing actual dialogue and the singing shocking to you when you first saw the film? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, I went in just, I had never heard that that level of synchronization before. I knew from the ads of the, the jazz singer that I would hear him. But when it came out so well, I was shocked uh, quite frankly, I was w way more excited to watch movies now. And the movements of his mouth matched so perfectly with what I was hearing. It sounded as if it was done in one take. I was shocked. Exactly. And that was all done through the Vitaphone, which honestly, it's still, I can imagine how shocking it is for you because you had just been watching silent films for like your whole entire life until you saw this one point. Yeah, absolutely. Which is another thing I want to bring to point um, to light. I mean, with the ads, it said, you know, you will see him, you will hear him. But again, like it had to been like, there's no way, you know, after so many years of just silent films and having to read the dialogue, it must have been like, yeah, that's, very, that's why I went to the movie in the first place, the ads, I was very excited to see what they did with it, you know, exactly. And another thing with the ads that you could have seen was Al Johnson in his minstrel act, the blackface, which is something else that this movie contributed to Al Johnson's minstrel performances in the end of the film brought new attention to the black um, contemporary musicians and making way for more black recognition in their own created genre. So in the end of the movie, he went to perform on live stage in blackface as it had been a large part of entertainment. <clears throat> His performance helped to popularize African-American music, making people interested in contemporary black artists such as Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong and Fats Waller. Um, he, I did do some, you know, background research um, Al Jolson didn't have any ill intent to mock or degrade the Black people. He used it as um, he enjoyed the look and it made his stage presence more spontaneous, as well as sparking enthusiasm in the audience. 
again, I still don't get why not just wear an actual mask or just regular makeup. But again, back during that time, major performance, as you know, you know, Deborah was a very big thing. Um, and I just want to, I just want to ask you, so how do you feel knowing that with Elle's final minstrel performance in the film, that it brought more attention to Black contemporary artists such as Duke Ellington and Fats Waller? Yeah, so I actually was not initially aware that jazz music was created by Black people. I had only heard it sung by white people. I was familiar with Jolson's jazz performances before actually watching the film, but you know, uh, after seeing this film, I was like, oh crap, wait, like Black people invented this genre. And I actually looked into some Duke Ellington. I was like surprised that hearing him in the genre was actually even more enjoyable than hearing Al, which I did not expect from, because I just not did not expect Black people to be such talented artists as a sheltered white American. Yeah, and that's honestly, Deborah. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's kind of scary knowing that you know. Um, I mean, it's it's great that he brought attention, but you know, it's still kind of like, wow, you didn't know about Duke Ellington, babes. Um, which you know, Al Johnson, he was already a pretty big performer, as you said, before the movie came out, which is why his name was so big. And I'm pretty sure when people heard that he's gonna be in this movie, especially when they saw him in blackface, they must have you know been like, wow, I need to go see this. The fact that you're seeing him, hearing him, and seeing him perform in um, his natural state, that's you know insane. It's crazy. Um, something else that I want to bring to light, you know, moving on, which was also the box office um, numbers that this movie made, you know, Warner Brothers and other film studios began producing more box office hit films after this film that will be known in the future years. One movie that I can say today was Gone, um, Gone with the Wind. So by 1932, the movie had, the movie The Jazz Singer had made $2 million dollars. It's a lot of money, folks. Two million dollars, especially back then. Two million is a lot of money. In 1928, Warner Brothers released the first all singing film, The Lights of New York. The following year, they released The Jazz Singer, which had full dialogue, which made four million dollars. And then in 1940, Gone with the Wind was released, and that um, made 32, no, sorry, 320 million dollars. It's crazy. Well, as of today, that's how much money it made. But that is, those are crazy numbers. And I really want to emphasize on that. This movie, though, it was not the first talkie. It was the first big hit, as Deborah said. And as I have stated, that actually had perfect synchronized dialogue, perfect synchronized music, singing. It had a very big name in this movie. And it also paved way for artists outside of the film industry to be recognized. People who created jazz music um, and who were singing it you know, as black people were now being a little bit more recognized. Sadly, of course, thanks to Al Johnson, but it was, it was a step in the right direction, this, the outcome of it. But this movie had a lot of impact. And as you can see today, knowing that one, this podcast is gonna be perfectly synced, hopefully. And that these movies are watching, you can go on the t on YouTube, Netflix, HBO Max, and Z Plus, perfectly synced up. The songs perfectly synced up in animation. Nothing is wrong. And I believe we owe it to the jazz singer to, um, I mean, to thank them for what we have today. And I just want to say thank you so much, Deborah, for coming in. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. I had it. a busy schedule, but I made of time. Of course, of course. I hope you educate yourself more, girl, because you're scaring me. And I thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Mwah, kisses, kisses, kisses. All right. And thank you.